Hey, Blondheads, Jeffrey McNeil, or as he's better known, The Phantom, is a Philly native who's the leader of the Ilharmonic Orchestra, where he combines the world of hip-hop and classical music. McNeil started on his journey at the age of eight when he matched up the Beastie Boys with Beethoven, and he's traveled the world introducing hip-hop fans to classical music and vice versa. He's played with a 50-person orchestra in Seattle, sold out the Kimmel Center, and played Carnegie Hall. McNeil joins the Blunt for this episode to talk about his early experimental days, how people in the classical world weren't always receptive to playing hip-hop, his business acumen, and his plans for the Ilharmonic Orchestra in the future. Huge shout-out to every one of you Bluntheads, and thank you for celebrating Philly with us. Please subscribe, rate, review this podcast wherever you consume your podcast. Most importantly, tell your friends and share us on social media if you feel so inclined. That's more helpful than you know, and we truly appreciate that. Support our sponsor, Shy Vintage Sports, where you can get your Philly culture and sports gear. Shy Vintage Sports, where every stitch tells a story. Order online at shyvintagesports.com or shop in person at their store at 137 South 13th Street. And johnville.com, J-A-W-N-V-I-L-L-E.com for the ramblings, rants, and observations of a born and raised Philly bloke. This one, me in particular. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all is to Philly Blunt. And our Facebook page has videos of the socially distanced Zoom interviews during the pandemic. So check them out. They're fun. Please enjoy this interview with the phantom Jeffrey McNeil. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Philly Blunt. My name is Johnny Goodtimes. I'm Reed. Hey, this is Greg. And we are excited to be with you here on Thanksgiving week, and we are excited to be with our guest, uh, Jeffrey McNeil, a.k.a. The Phantom, the leader of the Ill Harmonic Orchestra. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I'm so pleased to be a part of this. Finally, man, I've, I've been following you guys for a while. So I'm really excited to be a part of this. You guys are killing it. No, thank, thank you, man. man. I appreciate that. As, as are you. As are you. Uh, yeah, wanted to uh, wanted to kind of kick off, and and you know, there's a lot of ground to cover here. You've you've done quite a bit, and you've you've gone from. Uh, from North Philly to, to playing Carnegie Hall and everywhere in between. Uh, but wanted to start with this year and the craziness uh, that 2020 has been. And as a guy who obviously a big part of what you do is perform live in concert halls and so forth. What was that day like in March when you realized, oh, shit, this is all getting ready to change? Yeah. Um, so our last live performance was was March the 11th. Um, before that, we had done a show uh, with the Amazon Symphony Orchestra out in Seattle. So it was like 60 people on stage. It was, you know, super crazy. But later I found out that the outbreak kind of started <laughs> out on the West Coast. And we had it started on your it started on your stage. You were the, <laughs> <you're> the culprit. <laughs> Patient zero. Ground <laughs> zero. <laughs> right. Yep. Doing doing b b boy and pandemic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Philly Blunt breaking a big story. <laughs> um, so we had we had done the um the Kimmel Center on on March the 11th, um, and I had just come back from Florida, and my first day starting a new job in New York was March 16th, and that's the data. The Earth stood still, so to speak, mm. in, in the U.S. Man, and you know I get to work do a couple hours there and you know my boss walks in and says hey we got to evacuate the building we're shut down oh, shit. <laughs> you know uh you, if you could imagine being at a uh a, a mega store with like 400 employees and everybody's getting kicked out and you know told that we gotta you know we gotta pack up grab your stuff and 
I started my home training for, you know, for the company since then. But do once, you know, for me, it, it kind of set in, you know, I, I, I quickly progressed to the new normal. Like I knew we weren't gonna be able to do shows. So I immediately started to try to make videos just to, you know, just to get some music out there um, and started, started to try to see what was, what we could do virtually, you know, mm. um, put together some, some virtual shows. Um, we had just, uh, we, we just did a show in October um, partnering with Facebook. Facebook reached out to us due to some of the past performances and, and stuff that we had. And they just, they just started their um, uh, paid live performances to try to give back to the arts community and stuff like that, man. And that's, you know, that, that kind of worked out well for us. So now it's, it's just trying to find the next, normal man you know we go from doing concert halls that seat 3,000 people to now you have to figure out you know if you can if you can have 10 people in a space right you know? yeah. right that's how that's on stage yeah <laughs> right well, what was that uh first virtual performance like I mean um me and Todd of Caliph have done a few but it's all been just me and him I mean you're dealing with 20 30 different musicians how does that all come together for virtual uh, performances now for you guys it's it's weird right like it's it's weird <laughs> you know when you're when you're i mean you you know when you when you feed off the energy of an audience and there's not one um and you know you have to try to connect through a scrolling screen of people saying oh this is dope or you know when you have to try to find a, a way to reconnect and like you said it's also now me trying to direct the energy of, of 10 15 musicians a dj you know my wife is, is, is next to me on, on stage as well. So it's a different kind of energy and, and you know, you, you have to, you have to try to quickly adapt to it. Um, so, you know, uh, whether there's one, 100, 1,000 people out there, you gotta go on that stage, you gotta give it, give it all you got. Um, so, you know, the people I've seen that have been able to, to do that and, and just, you know, block everything out and just like, all right, I'm gonna be up here rocking this shit like those are the people who are doing well in this space, and everyone else who is who is slow to kind of adapt. It's been it's been a struggle. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I I I look forward to the next one. You know, learning what I could have done better from this past performance, and then taking that and, and making the next one. You know, multiple camera shots, scrolling graphics. Like those are the things that we are quickly going to have to try to incorporate into into yeah. the show. Yeah. You've been, is there you've a been certain, doing a lot. Sorry, Greg. Greg. You've been doing a lot of videos that look really cool too. How much of a learning curve and difficult has that been? I mean, I work with a a five piece band and trying to organize five of them to do video segments and recordings <laughs> seems impossible. How are you doing it with the amount of people you have? It's um, it's tough because you have to juggle people's um, you have to juggle people people's want. Right. Not everybody wants to wake up in the morning and send you a video of them playing into, <laughs> yeah. into a camera phone or, or something like that. Um, you know, so that that first video that we did, we had like 43 musicians and that was. Oh, man. US. Some people. <laughs> you know, that, some just people made, that just made me made my head start pounding. Right? Yeah. 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 I know the technical <laughs> side of that layering all that together. Get the hell out of here. I don't even know why I attempted to do it. I was like, oh, this is great. Like halfway through it, I'm like, I don't want to do this shit. I don't have to beg people's videos and then get it and it's, yeah. it's vertical and not not oh man yeah, the vertical. The reef's vertical on us right now. <laughs> oh, turn your phone horizontal, man. 
There you uh, go. <laughs> it's so much. It's so much easier to hold it this way. But, um, you know, but but it really was. It became it became a labor of love, and it's 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 you know uh, putting it together and and stringing off, and then having people enjoy it, right? So people from you know um, from all walks of life were able to look at that and like, oh, this is this is something that's really really cool. Not knowing all the technical stuff that went yeah. on, um, you know, but, you know, beside it, but I was able to grab everybody's audio, mix it underneath and, and do all types of studio magic. Um, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it, it sounds like one cohesive thing. And when you, when you think about getting 43 musicians together from all over, over the planet, really, like I had oh, some man. It makes me want to drink. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 43 musicians together anywhere. 43 right? musicians. <laughs> man, I mean, oh, man. Just leave it at that. Yeah. Four musicians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh my God. So, yo, so, so, so take us back to the beginning. I, I know that the story that's been told, uh, you, you know, you, you, I believe it was Beastie Boys Paul Revere right. mi- mixed with Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. You, you, yeah. you scratched these two records together as a kid and thought, wow, this is, this is something that, that hasn't been done that I want to do. Can you, can you right. take us back to when you realized that, you know, your love for both of these music, uh, musical art forms is something that you wanted to mesh together and make, make music with? Yeah, so um, I had been taking like flute and piano lessons. You know, I was a badass kid. My mom <laughs> got me off the street, um, you know, and put me, you know, I was singing in the choir, dude. Like I was, uh, it was like a musical atmosphere in my house. Like my mom was always singing. My father had this huge record collection, um, you know, and that's kind of how I discovered like all the soul music. And But he had Mozart, he had Beethoven and, 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 and all that type of stuff mixed in. Um, and then I heard Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight, you know, when I was when I was a kid. And I was like, this is my voice. Because at that time, I was writing like R&B songs. You know, I was a five, six, seven-year-old romantic tyke, you know, <laughs> <laughs> writing write R&B songs like, you know, like Michael Jackson and all that stuff. But when I heard Rapper's Delight, I was like, this is my voice. I can I can do this, right? Like, because I wasn't a great singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, hip hop and rap. And I was like, this, this is something I can do. Two weeks later, man, I was, I was writing my own, my own rhymes, you know, Papa Smurf in 82 and I'm back this year with something new. I was young, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, that sounds like how Johnny rhymes now. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> right? But then um, I remember vividly my brother bringing home um, Paul Revere. Um, he, he brought the 12 inch single and on, on, um, I think, uh, on the other side was, um, uh, I can't remember, um, the new style, but he threw, he threw Paul Rivera on and it was just like, huh, I wonder if this will go with, um, uh, the Beastie Boys, I wonder if the Beastie Boys will go with, um, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. So I just started, and I had this double tape deck recorder so i would play the beat put it on tape and then scratch the um beethoven over it and i was i was dude i was i was hyped i took it to my best friend's house played it for him he popped the tape out and threw it across the room he said it would (laughs) never work he said it was whack he's like nobody will ever do this man there's no way you'll be able to get anybody to listen to it and in that moment that's when i became glued to the idea i'm going to show you and i'm going to make this work what's that what's that guy doing now <laughs> that guy is stabbed 
and he um, he does the beat society. The, oh yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. really? What? Yeah. I yes. heard you tell this story. A you never knew it was him. I never knew it was him. <laughs> wow, I'm gonna hey, uh, bring his. Oh man, I'm yes, gonna sir. Now. I, wow. I've, I I elbow him about it every time I see him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the inspiration. Sorry, if you're late. I was just at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I should have been here on time. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the other way. If it wasn't for you, I would have been watching the the Eagles. Well, not now, but <laughs> now I'm editing 43 goddamn fucking musicians on a video. Exactly, thanks right? to you. You. Yeah. You put this in my head. You made yeah. me do this. <laughs> what you made me do. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, well, yeah, I want to, you know, go back too because, you know, part of what's obviously so interesting about the about the story is that we're talking about two rather radically different forms of music. We're talking right. about, you know, 18th century European music and uh, late or mid 70s sort of New York uh, Queens uh, style of music. And I mean, how did how did people take to it? Obviously, besides just your best friend, but right. you know, you're growing up in North Philly. Like, are people looking at you like you're listening to Beethoven? And people are like, "What the what the hell are you listening to?" It's crazy. So, so when you're when you're a kid and you're taking these lessons, like those those styles don't seem that far apart, right? Because there's there's what twelve notes, and it, it just appears how you play those notes and how you feel those notes. It's in every form of music. So when you're a kid and you're you're, you're, you're listening to that. It doesn't feel like like Earth, Wind & Fire is different from Mozart, is different from Most Deaf. Like it doesn't feel like it's different. Um, but when you don't have that <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. as a backdrop, you know, I remember, and, and Reef was at the show, I remember walking into G's Black House with wow. a string quartet from the Philadelphia Orchestra, man. And people were like, what the fuck is this? Or like, like, what are you doing? Like, it's some highfalutin bullshit that you're on. So it, it didn't catch on right away. Um, and even when and even when we were doing places like the Ken, the, the Kimmel Center and stuff like that, um, I remember I remember the day I knew that we had to switch um, and get younger musicians. We, we did um, the summer solstice at, at the Kimmel Center. We did it multiple times, but it was the second time that we did it. Um, and we drew a bigger crowd than Itzhak Perlman. But the musicians we had weren't happy. They were all from the Philadelphia Orchestra, and they were like, we don't want to be up here playing an eight-bar loop of Beethoven <laughs> or Vivaldi and, and all this stuff. Like, mind you, like, this, this, is, this is early in the game for us. The, the, the venue is packed, and we're like, yo, this is crazy. But our musicians aren't happy. And I was like, yo, we, we, we have to do something differently. So then we started reaching out to colleges and getting college-age musicians and, and stuff like that. And that's when it really took off because you can see their enjoyment behind us on stage. You can feel that they feel the music that they're playing. You know, when we, we go to other places and there's, you know, um, 18, 20, 24-year-olds, you know, playing um, in the club or, or, you know, going through a piano medley that, in, that includes – um, you know, uh, 50 Cent and, and Karis One and, and Jay-Z and all that stuff. And they're into it and they feel it and, it, and, and the audience knows that. Um, but early in the game, it, it was tough because I was getting it from both sides. You know, hip-hop people were like, man, this is, you know, this, this ain't hip-hop. You know, this, this is not 
what hip hop is all about. Um, I even had people who were who were doing the sound for the show who were like hip hop heads, like you don't need all that shit up there on stage, man. Um, <laughs> it's know? cutting into your this cutting into yeah. your overhead, man. Let's reduce some <laughs> overhead costs here. And then we would go to you know a, a, a venue. Um, and sell out that venue, and, and and you know the musicians weren't happy. So I was getting it from both sides. Yeah, did, did, that, did that's you... kind of one of that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I just wanted to ask. Like, that's one thing that I always admired about you that 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 a lot of people don't. You know, you get you get props for the mixing the hip hop and the classical. But one thing that I've uh, always respected about you more so than even that is your business acumen and how you figured out how to push your sound and find the audience for it. Uh, for, for people listening that aren't quite sure how to do that, what was the steps that you took to become successful in your own lane? Because you were focused and determined on making, you weren't going to try it a different way. This is what you wanted to do. And you were like, I don't care if X, Y, Z, this crowd isn't feeling it. I'm going to find my audience. Um, and what, what, how did you go about doing that? So, so for me, um, I had gotten... Like even before I really started doing like the, the live performance thing, um, I had started working with like record promoters and, and, and stuff like that um, and really started to get my my head around promotion to like college radio um, and independent radio. Uh, and then when I started making my own records, I started sending my my own records out to, you know, uh, at one point I had um, some of my songs played on like it was like up to like 400 college radio stations at once. And those audiences and those DJs would give me feedback. And then I was like, all right, well, if you guys are digging it, can I get a gig there? You know, then I would reach out, you know, to to the performance arts, um, you know, at the colleges and, and say, you know, can I can I perform there? Cool. Uh, Reef, I'm sure you know, college gigs, they pay, you know, they, they, they <laughs> give you a check, whether it's five or five hundred people to show up. You get that check. Once we started accruing that, then, you know, I, I figured, well, if they have X amount of people showing up and I'm selling this out and you're only giving me this amount, what will happen if I rent out this, pay the overhead, and then then own the box office? And that's mm. when it really started to make the jump, right? So, smart, so smart. the first the first one we did was University of Texas seats 700 people. We sold that thing out in like like maybe four weeks. Um, you know, rented it out, paid a little overhead. Sound was included. All I had to do was get there and rock out, you know. Um, and then, then we started to grow that idea. If I can do this at colleges at 700 seats, let's see if I can do this at a concert hall, you know, with, with 1,500 seats, with 2,000 seats, with 3,000 seats. So then we started growing it from there. But first, you got to find your audience. And that, that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't started sending, up, sending out my music, like college radio, and then growing it from there. We really, really found our audience when – we realized that all the people who grew up listening to the music that I listened to hadn't died yet, right? Like, you know, <laughs> those people were still out there, right? So if we're doing covers of, of, of stuff, you know, from, from hip hop's golden age, those people are still there. So then we started targeting them. And then our demographic and, and, and metrics like really went through the roof. Like our biggest demographic now are, 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 are women 34 to 45. Um, you know, and that's, those are the people who grow up, grew up listening to, you know, hip hop's golden age. And they don't just buy a ticket for themselves. 
they buy a ticket for their daughters, they buy a ticket for their sons, they buy a ticket for their, their, their husbands. So now you have a whole family showing up to watch you rock out. Um, yeah. but, but it, it takes trial and error, man. I, got, I, tell, I tell everyone, I, I, I have a thousand no's for every yes. But my yeses yeah, are yeah. Carnegie Hall, Kennedy Center, Kimmel Center. So I'll take them. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So what is it about you growing? It's hard to take those thousand no's and keep going. Like, what is it about you, like your background, your childhood? What gives you the drive to or the strength to, to have 997 no's and keep going? Um, it, it really starts with, um, I would definitely attribute that to my, to my mom. Um, you know, we didn't have uh, the most stable uh, of, of upbringings. My, my father was abusive, um, you know, so my mother would, you know, she would take us and, 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 and we would leave, you know, we would, we would leave, come back, leave, come back, you know, spend some time in a shelter. But, you know, my mom, she, she never broke, man. She, you know, she, her, her main thing was making sure that her kids were, were okay. You know, so that's, that's where a lot of my, my resilience definitely comes from, you know, so I, I, I take, you know, with, with her struggling the way that she did to, to provide for, for us and put food on the table, you know, what's, what's a no going to do to me? <laughs> right. 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 Was right. mom, was mom able to see you at Carnegie hall? Um, she was not able to see Carnegie hall, but she was able to see, um, I, I did a show in Atlanta. She now lives in Georgia. Um, so she was able to see that. And I did a, I, I did a song called inspiration, which is a tribute to my mom. And I, I did that. Thankfully I was able to make it through the entire thing. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Nah, those, those type songs, like I'm, I'm I get about four balls in and it's, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a one and done dude. I was like, I can't do this again. You know, I'm glad <laughs> I made it through, you know, um, but you know, yeah. I want to ask um, you a so, question. Uh, oh, I read that because you were saying sometimes the classical musicians weren't happy. Did I read correctly that someone like took off like the music sheet and threw it at you when they were done with it? So yeah, man. Um, at at the Kimmel at the Kimmel Center, um, uh, the pianist uh, he he wasn't happy. He he decided to change the song on stage. He thought he thought the medley should uh, should have been um, in the same key. Right. So he was like, "I'm gonna play it like this," and he plays it like that. Like so, so you know. Oh man! When you're up there rapping and you're performing and you and you expect to hear something, you know, because I take you know I take audio cues from from the music and all that stuff, you know. Sure. Um, so when someone throws something off, it kind of, it kind of throws you. Thank goodness. I'm I'm good at memorizing my lyrics, but I heard it, and you know, I, I, there's probably video of me somewhere turning around and looking at him, and then jumping back into character. But you know, after the sh after the show, he was like, oh, he did this. He did this live on stage. Did this live on stage. Changed <laughs> the song to you know because he wanted it in a specific key. He did it live on stage. Yeah, had to be a white guy. It gotta be a white guy. <laughs> yeah, gotta I'm be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wager on that. <laughs> I'm glad you said it because yeah, man, it's, it's gotta be. Come on. What do you look like? What I mean, he might like? be. He might be Russian. He might be Russian, but definitely a white guy. Let's just say you're not wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so. So it was that type of thing, and that's that's when I say in the middle of that show, like that's when I realized we got to do we got to do something different. Um, you know, I, I don't exclude white people, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going on stage with entirely black orchestras. Um, right. You know, and it's it's you can you can feel when people feel the music that they're playing. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I even I even drill down because, you know, there's, there's not all black people like hip hop. Right. Um, mm -hmm. 
or or can play it. Like, you know, I've had I've had sax players who can't play Troy and I'm like, why do you even have a sax? Like what is like what are you <laughs> like what are you doing? Um but you know, so you know, I drill down like if you if you don't if you don't believe in the music that you're playing, you don't you don't need to be on stage with us. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, a question um a question i wanted to ask in terms of of music and in terms of being somebody that's again got such a varied style when it comes to music i remember growing up especially in the 80s before hip-hop really went fully mainstream people would say oh that's not music oh that's not music and 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 you know, it's just, I constantly heard that and I never agreed with it. And I, I think now it's pretty obvious that it is. And I think we've kind of come to that, but did you go through that as well at all? And like, because obviously you're talking just people that are in orchestras and you mentioned it earlier. Some of the people were like, Oh, I don't want to play eight bars or whatever. Right. Like, uh, but like, did, did you have to kind of overcome some of that too, when you're dealing with people that are more from the classical side? I still do. I still do. I still get the, um, you know, oh, that's not that's not really music. All you do, all you guys do is gyrate on stage. I'm like, have you seen us? Have you seen us perform? Like, have you have you seen you know what it is that we do? And not and not just us. You know, like have you have you been to an actual hip hop concert? Like, if the last thing you heard was was Luke in 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 the '80s or something like that, <laughs> yes, you know, you you may you may you know stick to your <laughs> your gut right. that. But you know, there's there's a whole world of of music out there, and part of the goal for us is to show that there is commonality. Like I said, there's, there's 12 notes, man. And the, the best part for me is, like I said, when, when a mother brings her child, you know, to the show and the child is 10, 12, and they play the cello and they see someone who looks like them on stage playing the cello, whether it be, you know, something from, from Mozart or, or Brahms or, or something like that, or, or a hip hop cover or, or, or something like that. And the light turns on like, hey, I can do so much with this instrument. I can take so many paths, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's where it's at for us, you know, cause I don't, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm up there in age, man. There, there's certain things that I'm doing this for. It's not, it's not just for the money, man. It's, it's for, I know there's, there's another me out there somewhere, you know, making, making beats on, on, on Fruity Loops or something like that, who, 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 who needs to see what, what they can, you know, what they can do. I remember seeing um, uh, Gangsta's Paradise. And he brought out some, you know, he brought out some string players. They weren't playing, you know, but, but you know, he brought them out and I needed to see that. I'm like, that's the idea that I had when my boy threw my tape across. <laughs> right. Yeah. Still, like that's my shit, you know? Yeah. But you know, I so I know the impact. How, how, did think about, oh, the, how did you stick to your guns? Like, cause, you know, obviously for a while people were like, what are you doing? You know, including your best friend. Like, right. how do you, how do you, how are you able to like, um, how are you able to keep that? Was it, would it just not let, would the idea just not let you go? It wouldn't um, because, you know, uh, I, I kind of tucked it, you know, after that incident, I kind of tucked a little bit and, you know, I was still making hip hop, you know, with, with the group in North Philly and they were just sampling James Brown and all the rest of the stuff that everybody else was sampling. And in my mind, I knew I was like, there's, there's, there's something different, you know, I hear something different. So I'll, I would make tapes in my, you know, my, my apartment in my room, you know, just, just, and, and keep them to myself for a while. Um, and then what kind of really kicked it off was, was the Kemmel Center. Like one of our first shows was at the Kemmel Center. And I remember seeing it in the Philadelphia Weekly when they were opening it up and um, you know, Eric Hecker, I remember his name, 
he was he was looking for a way to get music to different people and bring a different audience. And he had dabbled in in hip hop a little bit. So I went down there, man. I went down there with my demo tape, and I was like, "Listen, I need to perform here." <laughs> no one had ever heard of me up up to that point. I was like, "Yo, I need to perform here," and he put me on, man. He put me on nice. like the first yes. summer salsa celebration, man. We were in the basement and we were on at one a.m. But I tell you this much: that room was packed. Yeah, that room was packed. Shout out um, to Eric. Yeah. yeah. So, and once you get a taste of that, once you get a taste of that success, you're like, all right, I can deal with these no's. I can deal with this backlash from me coming to, you know, G's Black House or, or people looking at me sideways when, you know, I show up to an open mic with a cello player. I can <laughs> deal with that because I know that there's a Kimmel Center out there. There's a Kennedy Center out there. And my ultimate goal was Carnegie Hall. So I knew that that was out there. I just needed to, I just needed to be able to stay on course be able to get there. It's well, a testament to your business about? acumen too, because those public domain samples are free. Yes. What 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 was playing Carnegie Hall like, man? Not uh, you know that that's that's like a, a a goal list for a lot of musicians. So it was it was um, it was everything that you you can imagine that it would be, and then some. Because um, for me. Yes, it was it was my personal goal, and I shared that with my wife. But I was able to bring twenty five musicians, um, most of, of which were, were were of color, who hadn't played there before. Um, you know, and they brought all their friends and family. And there, you know, uh, one of my one of my violinists, she uh, her eighty um, something eighty seven year old grandma flew in from Denver um, mm. to see her rock there. You know, mm-hmm. that's important shit. Yeah, important shit. Um, and she, you know, she told me at the at the end of the show, she was like, you know, my my granddaughter almost gave up violin, but thanks to you, you know, she keeps it going, and, and she still she still rocks with us to this day. Um, you know, so so getting that opportunity, and again, that was that was a concert hall that we rented out. I was like, listen, how much how much money is it going to cost to rent out this room? I got the quote. Uh, I, I did a Kickstarter. <laughs> um, uh, how much was it? How much was it? You got to give us a number. Twenty-five. Twenty thousand dollars? Twenty-five thousand dollars. Jesus Christ. Twenty-five thousand dollars. That's cheap. <laughs> I hear Quizzo Bowl in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Quizzo Bowl at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. This, this, this was the room that, that seated six hundred. Um Got the it. other room seats that that you're in right now <laughs> seats twenty five hundred, and that's about forty to fifty thousand. Okay. Yeah. We we can do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to do it when we get back to the normal. We'll do our live shows from there. Yeah, our first show back. We'll just <laughs> run out first, Carnegie Hall. First show yeah. back <laughs> at Carnegie. <laughs> uh, so I would be remiss if I didn't ask about your uh, partner in in life and in music. Your your, yes. your wife Phoenix. Uh, wonderful, wonderful woman. I've known. Uh, you guys started dating when? And what? Two thousand. Yeah. So she's she's been around as long as I've known you. Yes. Um, so what is it like to work with uh, your wife? Like you guys are on your Sonny and Cher shit. You know what I mean? She's, <laughs> she's, she's on stage with you. Yeah, like you're, Some you of those videos like, ain't pretty at the end either. <laughs> yeah, 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 Sonny yeah, and Cher yeah. ones. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, so my, so 
back in the day, somebody called us the hip hop peaches and herbs. Captain and Tennille, you know, I'm going, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I can, no, I can, no, no. Right? you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dude, it's it's amazing. Um, it's amazing when you, you know, when you when you're, you're rocking and you're in your zone and you look to the left and your partner is there and they're in the zone and they're killing and they look at you and you know it's 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 great man um and what 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 i lack and not just not just from not just on stage but what i lack in terms of maybe business acumen or or you know she she picks up the slack man she she's the person who gets everybody in line right like i'm 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 not the one that, that you know I, I I make sure the musicians are there. She's the one who's wrangling cats, right? Like she's the one who's making sure. All right, you you have the sheet music. If you don't have the sheet music, I got this. You know you know you guys need to be here at a certain time. Like she's the one who's logistics. You know I'm I'm more of the artsy person. You know she she picks it up, but. It, it's so rewarding, man. Yeah, not, none of us, none of us can relate to that at all. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, we're all the real, the yeah, the behind the scenes, the real guys with the spreadsheets. That's us. Yeah, yeah that's us. Right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's, it's it's the greatest thing, man. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, that's the most enjoyable part for me. Um, her participation and her participation has grown, man, throughout the years. Um, you know, uh, I, when I started out, I, I was partnering with. Um, an MC from from Philly, Verso, and Verso and, and I were, Verso, you know, yep. um, he was sort of like a hype man, and I, he would have a few songs, and um, you know, she sort of progressed, and she would fill in, but now she's she's there, like she's my one A on stage, man, um, and there 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 are many a show where she's she kills it, and people are like, all right, man, you're you're okay, but you're, <laughs> and I'm I'm for that, man, like I I love that. Um, yeah. it, I, I love it. when she gets shine, man. I I just feel I just feel so great about that. So yeah, I love it. Great answer, correct yeah, answer, great answer. Yeah, correct answer. answer. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pass the test. Yeah. Pass the test. Yep. Uh, so uh, hey, uh, what's a what's a crazier head trip, Carnegie Hall or the uh, Ginza Apple Store in Tokyo? Wow. Um, uh, wow. They're they're they're. Both crazy in different ways, um, you know. And if you if you guys have, have been over in Japan, like um, I went over there with preconceived notions um, that it was a little bit more Americanized. Yeah, well. yeah, no, it's not. It's not. No. Yeah, so I'm, I'm out there trying to have full out conversations in English with people. <laughs> on the street. It's, not, it's not clicking. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but when I'm but when I'm on stage performing at the Apple Store, like I looked out and there were people who knew the words to the song, I'm like, this is crazy. Like you, yeah, like we wow. can't communicate, but this music is our, is, our, is our communication. And then I had a 10 piece Japanese orchestra and I couldn't communicate with them except for through the music. And you get it at that point, you're like, music is the universal language that binds wow, us yeah. all, right? Like, mm-hmm. and the only person who, who spoke English was the cellist. So, you know, but he spoke minimally. So, but they played, each and every song like they knew it, like they had been practicing it for 10 to 15 years and each song just flowed seamlessly, man. So it's, it's a different kind of head trip, but it's, they're both crazy, man. But that, that, that performance in, in Japan, and we wound up on, on TV over there as well. Um, but it, it was, it was a crazy experience. So I'm not Japan, Japan's like another world. It's really. Totally. totally. Yeah. We, we were in, um, uh, Shibuya, that uh, 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 the famous Shibuya crossing, that's like oh, Times yeah, Square times ten. Like yeah. I really thought I was going to get lost crossing the street. Like I really, 
it's really time. Yo, those intersections, it'll be like 11 o'clock at night. And it is jam packed at intersections. Thousands, yeah. it feels like thousands of people at every stoplight. Yes, it's crazy, man. It's, <laughs> it's terrifying. I would hate to go yeah. there now, especially with the this. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was quite an experience, man. I'm, I'm curious with, uh, with coming back to the states here, but uh, the success of Hamilton um, has that <laughs> had any impact? on you and your business um, because that is not quite the same as what you're doing but it's in the same vein as 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 what you're doing so i would say it's probably it's probably increased our curiosity bias because mm. some people show up thinking that we're hamilton um, <laughs> <laughs> let me guess they're white people <laughs> right? like i'll i'll take the ticket um, so, um, I think you're gonna come out like dressed like yeah, a, you know, right, dressed yeah. like, you know um, it's 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 increased our curiosity um, bias because you know uh, those people will will think that we're with them, but it's also it's also kind of um, you know opened up a lane that we we were we were already in, but now more theaters are open to to having us there. Um, okay, and yeah. they, they know we're not Hamilton, but they, they, they see the viability, right? They see, mm-hmm. um, you know, no matter, no matter how many tickets I was selling before, this kind of blew the lid off of it. And I'm, you know, I, I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, nice. Um, you know, I, I'll take it, man. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a check no matter what. Um, the only thing I will say is that, um, you know, uh, the expectation that, that people think that we should be Hamilton is what yeah. is a little bit of what what we fight against. Um, mm-hmm. no, I don't. Uh, um, uh, that's that's something that they capture lightning lightning in a bottle with that. Um, right. But that's not our that's not our lane. Yeah, right. Not our lane. All right, we ready to uh, take it to the blunt. You know what? All can right, I? Just, yeah. yeah. All right, no, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Greg, Greg. No, no, go ahead, Greg. Go no, on. I can ask my question in the blunt round, in All the right. form of a blunt round question. So you know what the blunt is? It's rapid fire questions, rapid fire answers. That's how we Let's end every interview. Let's do it. All right. Um, where uh, where are you getting takeout these days? I guess you're in New York, right? Yes. Okay. Where where which borough are you in? I'm in Queens. Okay. So where are you getting takeout in Queens? Shogun Seafood. <laughs> We're getting sushi. A lot of sushi these days. Uh, before you were the Phantom, what are some of your failed rap names? Oh. <laughs> oh, the Ultimate MCJ. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's a good late seventies name. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that was, yeah, it was uh, that's the only one I'm gonna give you. That was terrible. <laughs> All, right. All right, you got it. Um, <laughs> did your interest in classical music help or hinder you with the ladies in high school? Oh, it was terrible. Nobody wanted to have no, no, one, no one laid awake at night dreaming of naked flute players. Uh, that's, that's, that's not a thing. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, what's your uh, what's your wrestling entrance music? Um, wow. Uh, if you were a wrestler, what do you want to come into the ring to to get you hype and get the fans hype? Um, I would probably say the song I did with Reef. Uh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I like that. Good answer, bud. Um, what is your what is your favorite instrument to, to hear a solo from? Not mixed in with the orchestra by itself. Violin. Yeah. Violin. Violin. It's not and it's not even close. I love the sound. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we got these 12 notes. They really work well with classical music and rock. 
classical music and hip hop. Can it work with country music? Gangsta Grass. Gangsta Grass is killing it, man. Yeah. Um, Gangsta Grass is, is uh, there. I would definitely say it works for them. They have, they got a banjo player, they've got a DJ, and they're. they're Let me it. clarify, though. That is, I'm talking about mixing <laughs> the worlds of country music with classical, classical music. music. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. me neither. Correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what album are you taking with you? If it's the only album you can take to a desert island. Um, PE's It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. <laughs> You're going to be getting all hype to fight yes. for the revolution. And, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna, after, <laughs> after listening to it two or three times, man, I'm going to try to swim off the island. Right <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, you've, you've worked with Apple and Amazon. Which company treats their employees better? Oh, Apple. Um, yeah, Amazon's like a, uh, uh, it's like a warehouse, bro. Uh, yeah. They, they pay you well after you get past a certain, certain level. Um, but Apple, Apple really has a, has a culture unlike, unlike many other companies. So Apple, for sure. All right. Give us an overrated composer. Um, Beethoven. Yeah. <laughs> Beethoven, Beethoven gets a lot of props, man, but some of his stuff, um, after after listening to it and being able to pick it apart, it's like some of that stuff, you know, uh, is kind of overrated. Um right. Vivaldi would be my would be my go-to dude who doesn't get enough props. Vivaldi. Have to check him out somewhere. Um, what do you uh what do you miss about Philly now that you're not here? Food. Wow! Soft, soft pretzels and cheesesteaks, man. Uh, that, yeah. I could, I could live forever off of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, keeping it, keeping it in Philly. Favorite MC from Philadelphia, not named Black Thought. Reef's a lost cause. Oh, come on, <laughs> man. No, all right. He's, all right. Beside, besides me. Um, favorite MC. Uh, uh, side effect. I love side effect. Shout out to side. Side's incredible. Yep. All right. Good answer. If you had to, you could only pick a meal from Domino's Pizza or Subway Sandwiches. Where uh, uh. Um, Subway. I actually yeah. did a Subway diet for like a year, man. I did lost, you? I lost like 15 pounds. Yeah. It worked? Wow. That's a lot of bread, isn't it, in the Subway diet? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of bread. Yeah, it's a lot of wow. bread. I would, get, um, I would get the six inch. Wow. Hey, they got some good cookies, man. I love the cookies. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I didn't even know they had cookies. Yeah, yeah well, that's cookies. that's why that's why he lost fifteen pounds <laughs> and not thirty pounds. <laughs> those damn those damn cookies. <laughs> you work. You talked earlier. Uh, you work with uh, a fair number of younger people. What's something you really uh, like and appreciate about this next generation? Um, their fearlessness. Fearlessness. Um, you know, it 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 takes it takes a certain amount of fearlessness to get up on stage for your first time at, at Carnegie Hall. Um, we had a six-year-old violinist there, um, you know, playing playing the roots, you got me, fearless. Like she she owned the stage. She got a standing ovation by herself after, after we were done. So the fearlessness definitely is, is something I appreciate about, about yeah. this, this next generation. Um, this is a little bit more of a heavier question because I know we both uh, have had some of the same political views. Does he concede or does he get dragged out by his neck? I was I'm just going to play out. I'm hoping he gets dragged out. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm hoping they put it on pay-per-view because I'll give him my 45 bucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really hoping he gets down to the wire and he throws a fit and, you know, they're, they're dragging him out by his, by his neck, man. 
I'm, I'm hoping yeah. it comes down yeah. for sure on live on live TV so everybody can see. It. I, I kind of want that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, did you go to prom? And if so, who did you bring? Uh, I did go to prom, um, and I got turned down by almost every girl <laughs> that I wanted. So my mom hooked me up with a date. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. so I took an old. We're, we're learning more about your motivation. Wait, wait. <laughs> Who's that? Classical music making, was a real hit. Yeah, he's, he's making everybody pay. He's making everybody pay. You all gotta pay. You all gotta. All pay. gotta pay. <laughs> I'm Piper. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think uh, I think we'll end it end it with your uh, with your senior prom. Uh, <laughs> That's a good place. That's a good place. Yo, shout out all your socials and all that, man. Tell people where they can find your music and what's up, what's coming up next for you. Absolutely, man. We are the Phantom and the Ill Harmonic Orchestra. Um, you can find us on thephantomhiphop.com, um, uh, facebook.com slash Ill Harmonic Orchestra, uh, Instagram. We are illharmonic.orchestra. Um, yeah, you can you can find us all over the place, man. We we own the copyright and trademark for hip hop orchestra. So we'll put that out there too. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're out there, man. Cool. All right. Thanks for joining yeah, us, bro. Thanks a lot for spending your time with us. Thank yeah. you for having me, man. This, this has been dope. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Take Later. it easy. Okay. It's the sound of Philadelphia. Brotherly love, brothers covered in blood. The man's office is covered in bugs. The youth dreams cut short. Swept-